you, Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just need to take a little extra time. If you're a, if you're a guest, we're, we're in no hurry to get through an agenda here. We're just trying to meet with God. So sometimes I know it can get kind of, if you're waiting for something to happen, like, when are they going to do something up there? <laughs> just want to give you a little instruction. Sometimes we just feel like we need to wait. We just need to sit and let God do stuff. He does it a whole lot better than me. Uh, he says it a whole lot better than me. And so sometimes just you and God, if you can connect with the Lord, that's the most important thing that happens uh, when we gather, is you, you and Jesus together. And uh, he, He's the one that can take chains off. He's the one that can change hearts. He's the one that can refresh our spirits. And I really feel like we need that refreshment today. We just needed to be just kind of resting in the presence of God. And so, do you have something to tell me? Okay. <laughs> so, if you turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 3, we're going to start there. 2 Kings chapter 3. We've been in it. Uh, first of all, we've been in two series: the one that Dave's doing and the one that I'm doing. Right? <laughs> we're just alternating weeks. Uh, so, was if you were here last week, uh, you heard Dave continue on about being changed from transactional Christianity to transformational Christianity, about being clothed with the Spirit, about unconditional love, and I can't remember the third one. <laughs> There wasn't a third one. Okay, well, that's why I didn't remember it. So uh, that was such a good word, so I encourage you to check out that two different weeks apart, uh, but you can find that online uh, at our Facebook, or you can go to our website and just get the audio um, if you don't want to look at look at us when we, when we preach. So, um, But I've been in a series on uh, mountains and valleys, and we've just kind of been exploring mountain top and valley encounters in the scriptures kind of symbolizing you know the valley times is when we're going through a, maybe a difficult or a challenging time or a, a testing time and the mountaintop of course is the encounters the experiences the victories with god uh so we're gonna we're gonna look at one more today i'm uh, not sure how much longer we'll go but we're gonna look at this one today in second uh, kings chapter three this is uh with there's a whole whole thing you have to understand here is there's 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 two kings here that are involved. One is the king of Israel, and one is the king of Judah. Uh, the people of God, uh, the the nation of Israel got split, and so it split into two kingdoms. The northern tribes went with one king, and the southern two tribes, uh, Judah and Benjamin, went with uh, another king. And so they've been split up for a number of years. And there's going to be interaction. All the Israel kings. All the ones of the northern kingdom were evil. Every single one of them. Not even, no, not even one got lucky and was good. Okay? They were just all, all evil. They did not follow the Lord. They did not trust in Him. They turned away from Him. They followed other gods. In the southern kingdom, in the kingdom of, of Judah, some of them followed God. And so today we're going to have one of them that did follow God. 
although he may have made a, a bad choice. We're not quite sure, but his name is uh, Jehoshaphat. Uh, so I want to start in Second Kings chapter 3, and it's going to set the stage for what's going on in this encounter. It says, Joram, the son of Ahab, became king of Israel um, in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and he reigned 12 years. And he, of course, did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Not as his father and mother had done, he did get rid of the sacred stone of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, uh, which he caused Israel to commit and did not turn away from them. Now, King Misha of Moab was a sheep breeder. He used to pay the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Joram marched out from Samaria at that time and mobilized all Israel. Then he sent a message to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And Jehoshaphat said, I will go. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And he asked, which route should we take? And he replied, the route of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom set out. And after they had traveled their indirect route for seven days, they had no water for the army or the animals with them. So here's, here's what's going on. Sometimes those two kingdoms got along and sometimes they didn't. Uh, but you've got, you've got the two kingdoms. And so the king of the north, he has problems with another king who is supposed to be giving him 100,000 lambs and rams. And so when the new guy comes in town, you know, when the, when the son comes in, the other king says, I'm going to test this old boy and see what he's got. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing this. We're going to break our agreement here. And so King Joram sends a message to the good king, Jehoshaphat, and says, come with me. I've been, I've been taken advantage of because I'm new. <laughs> and so then they say they're going to gather in this place, and it's kind of a pretty much a, a valley here. And when they get to the valley, they run out of water. They're not, they're not prepared for this journey. They, did, they didn't plan well. And I think, this is my opinion, I'm going to share my opinion right now, okay? So this is John's opinion. I'm not saying this is what the Bible says. I'm not saying it's not what it says. But I don't think Jehoshaphat should have gone. I don't think he should have aligned himself with the heart of a king who was turned against God. And this, this is true from Scripture, maybe not from this story, but it is true in Scripture. When you find yourself with other people and you let them make the choices through your life, you're going to end up in a valley where you have nothing that you need. You'll find yourself without water. You'll go, isn't it interesting? It says they took an indirect route for seven days. I mean, it, it's almost like this whole idea. We have no plan, we have no idea what we're doing here. We're just kind of wandering around, and we're going to try to get to this battle someday. And uh, we're we're going to which route do you want to take? Oh, we're going to take the indirect route. 
we're going to take the long way <laughs> for some reason. And so the so then verse 10, let's pick back up here. It says, then the king of Israel said, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I just found that funny, too. At least Narda did, too. So with me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now we're going to blame it on God. The Lord has summoned these three kings only to hand them over to Moab. <laughs> God, how did you get me into this mess? There was no mention of anybody consulting God. Did you notice that? I, I didn't see anybody say, Lord, do you want us to do this? Should we go? There's a lot of times where it says they ask God. They say, God, should we go out into the battle? And the Lord answers them and says, yes. David demonstrated this. Should I do it? He says, no, go around this way. No, wait a second. Not yet. You know, you're going to do it different this time. Uh, even Jehoshaphat in another time, it says when he was going to go out to battle, he, he actually asked God what to do. And God says, don't send the army. Send the singers first. I don't, I don't remember if this is before or after that. Maybe he learns his lesson from this. But so they, they end up in this place and like, oh, no, what are we going to do? But Jehoshaphat says this. Jehoshaphat says, isn't there a prophet of the Lord, of Yahweh? I am here. In other words, the one true God. Let's inquire of the Lord through him. In other words, hey, can we check with God now? Did you check with him? <laughs> and king, the king of Israel is like, no, I'm evil. I'm not checking with God. What are you doing? Okay. One of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, Elisha son of Shaphat, who used to pour water on Elijah's hands, is here. Now, everybody knew Elijah in that time. And they're like, this is the, this is the assistant, the predecessor, the one who took Eli Elijah's place. And Jehoshaphat affirmed, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went to him. However, Elisha said to King Joram of Israel, what do we have in common? Go to the prophets of your father and your mother. In other words, why are you bothering to ask God? You don't even care what he says. But the king of Israel replied, no, because it is the Lord who has summoned these three kings to hand them over to Moab. Now, Elijah, I want you to know, Elisha, excuse me, I'm mixing the names up. Elisha, I want you to know, doesn't necessarily affirm that this is true. Nowhere does he say, oh, yeah, you're right. But he does say this. Elisha responded, by the life of the Lord of armies before whom I stand, if I did not have respect for King Jehoshaphat of Judah, I wouldn't look at you. I wouldn't take notice of you. Now bring me a musician. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea, brother, right? <laughs> Get somebody who can play some music in here. Now what? Here, I want you to know, I want you to pull out, I want to pull out a point from this is this. Number one is this, like I said before, sometimes we find ourselves in a valley through our own choices or decisions. But we can still ask God. The mercy of God is new every morning. 
It says the mercy of God is new every day. And I think that's 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 what this encounter is going to demonstrate. The mercy of God in our valley, even when it's our valley. Maybe it's not his valley. And number two is this. If you find yourself in a valley, you've got to consult the Lord. That's the most important thing you can do is what is God saying? It doesn't matter, you know, we don't need to count the armies here. We don't need to see, okay, do we have a chance here? How long can we go without water in a war? (laughs) We don't try to logically figure it out. We don't try to blame other people like, okay, God, you sent us here. Jehoshaphat says, we better hear from God now or we're sunk. If the valley doesn't teach you anything, it can teach you desperation to hear God. God, what are you saying? Lord, what's going on? I don't even know how I ended up in this place. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's who I'm hanging around with. But we're in the valley right now and we have no water and we're going to die. And so Jehoshaphat says, is there someone who can hear from God anywhere here? Because in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, everyone personally couldn't hear from God. It wasn't like, I'm just going to pray and ask God something. He's going to tell me. No, it's like the way that God communicated was through the prophets of the Lord. That's how God communicated with his people. They didn't have a personal relationship. In the New Testament, Jesus opens it up and says, boom, now you can all be prophets. You can all hear from the Lord. You're all priests. You can all minister to the Lord. You're all my children now. I'm going to speak to you in a different way. But here, we're in, the, we're in the Old Covenant. So we make the application from the New Covenant when we're looking at the Old Covenant, right? So the application for us is we don't need to go find a prophet. Sometimes we want to find someone else that can hear God for us, right? Oh, we go, oh, they're really spiritual. I'm going to Jacob. (laughs) You're on the front row, sorry. Wait, Pastor Don is here. (laughs) He's a prophet. He can hear from God. Man, I can't can't hear from God, so I'm going to, Don, would you pray for me, brother? (laughs) What's God telling you about me? Now, (laughs) sometimes... Not right now, later. (laughs) He's like, I'm ready, brother. (laughs) Now that I have a relationship with Jesus, I don't have to go through somebody else to hear God. The principle is still the same. I need to hear what God's saying. So I go to him. I can go to him personally. Now, it doesn't mean you can't go to a brother or sister. It doesn't mean there's not prophecy. We're going through a prophecy on Wednesday night, or some of you are, uh, you, you adults that are coming. Uh, doesn't mean that's not valid or helpful, but it should confirm what God is already speaking to us on the inside because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. In other words, the children of God are led by the Holy Spirit. You are meant to hear God. You are meant to have a relationship with God. You are meant to not have to go through someone else to get to God. You have free access to God the Father himself through the blood of Jesus. What a privilege you have. And if you find yourself in a place where it seems like nothing's going right, then guess what? Turn to Jesus.
And God the Father turns to us. Let me say this right. I've got this. God the Father turns to us in a similar way that Elisha turns to the king. He doesn't turn to us because of us. He turns to us because of someone else. Do you understand? Elisha, uh, Elisha says, King of Israel, I'm not talking to you because of you. I'm talking to you because of Jehoshaphat. Same thing happens to us. God has no reason to talk to me, but I will talk to you because of Jesus. Because Jesus is in your life, now you have free access. You have, the key has been unlocked. You have free access to everything in heaven. And most importantly, to hear the voice of God, to have God speak in our hearts, to, to, to move in us and speak to us. Now, Elisha, let's, let's come back to the story, verse 15. He says, now bring me a musician. Uh, of course, all us worship team members, we love this part right here. This is like, this is like the, you preach this and the worship team is all jazz, you know, because we're like, that's right, you need us, baby. Even Elisha. Look at this, Elisha. Well, I, I know I've got my papers all over the place. Elisha needed, he's like, man, this place is, we just need some, we need to worship a little bit. <laughs> Somebody sing a song, right, Ronnie? Pull up the old chorus or something and get me in the presence of God. And it says this, while the musician played, the Lord's hand came on Elisha. And then he said, this is what the Lord says. Dig ditch after ditch in this wadi or in this valley. For the Lord says, you will not see wind or rain, but the valley will be filled with water. And you will drink, you and your cattle and your animals. This is easy in the Lord's sight. He will also hand Moab over to you. Then you will attack every fortified city and every choice city. You will cut down every good tree and stop up every spring. You will ruin every good piece of land with stones. In other words, you're going to win the victory. Now, if you're looking at your Bible, some of you are saying, that said something different than mine. Anybody, anybody got New Living Translation or the NIV or the ESV or, Okay. What did it say? It didn't say anything about digging ditches, right? It doesn't. It doesn't say anything about digging ditches. If you've got New King James or Christian Standard Bible or the original NIV, the good one from 1984, um, <laughs> the one I grew up with, uh, don't we all get on that, that kick? No, it's not good. Um, so it says this in verse 16. This is what the Lord says. I will fill this valley with pools of water. So which is it? Do we dig ditches or does God just fill the valley full of pools? Yes. <laughs> now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but we got one on the front row. According to translators, it can be translated either way, depending on who is doing the imperative action, the command action. Is God giving the action and command, or is God doing the action or the command? I'm not going to tell you which one I think, because 
A lot of smart people go both ways. <laughs> but I believe this is an opportunity for us to view a great picture of our partnership with God. Sometimes it looks like we're digging, but then it really is just him doing it. We have to do our part, but it's really all grace. It's all him. There's a connection. You know, sometimes in the next, very next chapter, in 2 Kings chapter 4, we get a demonstration of this truth. That is true that sometimes we do something first and then God meets us in it. And sometimes God just does it and says, I'm going to do it all myself. Did they have time to dig a bunch of ditches overnight and fill the whole valley? Probably not possible. Although, man, I love the digging the ditches thing. That preaches so well. <laughs> I wanted to preach it too, and then I studied. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, that didn't say what I wanted to say. <laughs> but in the next chapter, it does say what I wanted to say, right? It says, Elisha comes to the widow, and she has nothing. And Elisha says, go get as many jars as you can. Go borrow them for your neighbor. She says, I'm out of oil. In other words, I can't make, any, I can't make bread anymore. I'm going to starve to death. And Elisha says, go get as many jars as you can. And we're going to take what little you have and we're going to fill up all those jars. He didn't, he didn't say that at first. He just said, go get the jars. And so the woman gets all the jars in the neighborhood. She talks to all her neighbors and she brings them in. And Elisha begins to pour the oil in and it just doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. The oil keeps flowing over and over again until every single one is filled. And Elijah says, now go sell the oil. And it provides for her for years for her, for her family after she lost her husband. So in that encounter, she had to get the pots first. But in the other encounter, it appears that God just says, I'm going to do it. Partnership with the Lord sometimes has mystery in it. We don't, we don't, ha we don't have all the answers. We, we don't know how, it, how does it all really work, God? Is it, is it because I prayed that you did that? Or were you going to do it anyway and you invited me to pray and you led me the exact same to pray because you were going to do it? Which is it? Was it, was it because I did it or you were going to do it? <laughs> You're like, well, I'm walking away more confused this morning than, than I came in, Pastor. Well, good. Because that's where trust comes in. God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you peace that passes understanding. In other words, you won't figure it out. If you have to figure everything out, you're going to have a hard time following Jesus. If you have to have every T crossed and every I dotted and everything answered on this side of eternity, it's not, you're not going to have an answer. You're going to have some things that don't add up. You can, you can look at this and read it, whichever version of the Bible you like and pick out the one that you want to do better. But we, sometimes there's just some things we don't know. Why did this happen this way, God? I don't know. But I get to trust him. I get to come to him and say, just like Jehoshaphat, I'm going to find God. I'm going to find out whatever God's doing. Come, Lord, say something to me. 
I've got to hear from you. I've got to know what you're saying in this moment. I've got to hear your voice. If you need to put on a worship song, right here it says it's okay. <laughs> Bring the musician on. Whatever it is, but hear from God and let him speak into your life. Maybe he's going to have you do something. Maybe he does have you dig something. But maybe he just says, I'm going to fill the valley up and you're going to watch. And all you have to do is wait and trust me. But I can't tell you which one it is for you. You have to hear from him. You're supposed to have a relationship with him. He's called you his son or his daughter. God says, this is easy in the Lord's sight. And I want you to notice something. That God's victory in our lives is, is many times for a greater purpose than just us. All they wanted in this encounter, all they wanted was water. That's all they, they're like, we just need to survive. You ever pray the prayer of survival? <laughs> God, if you can just get me through this. <laughs> That's the prayer of survival. God, can I just get through this? And isn't this amazing? The mercy of God says, that's easy. Guess what, though? I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do something more. Because God's purpose in our lives is, is for something greater than just our life. He's like, look, I'm, I'm working my, in the Old Testament, what he was doing, he was working the plan of salvation to bring Jesus. And so even though he's like, you know what? You're an evil king, but I'm going to bless you. I'm going to rescue you. You're stupid. <laughs> You've chosen a foolish choice, and you're in a valley. You didn't even bring water with you to a war. <laughs> I know you just became king, but come on. That's why the other king's trying to take advantage of you. That's why the enemy is just able to play with you because you're just doing whatever you want. You're not even paying attention. But not because you've done anything good, but because of my mercy and my goodness, you're going to look out tomorrow and I'm going to fill this valley up with water. But not only that, I'm going to meet your need. I'm going to fulfill a greater purpose and bring victory to all the people of God because I've still got to bring Jesus to the world. And even though my people are not going to follow me, I'm not going to give up on them. And my covenant to them, my side, I will never fail. I will never forsake myself. I will keep my promises. And so the mercy of God says, and he comes and he fills Fills the, the valley with water. Now, here's what happens. Up on the mountain, the enemy, which is Moab in this case, but the enemy looks down. They see the valley full, filled with water, but they don't see water. They think it's blood. And they, and they say this. Those guys got mad at each other. That's what they, that's they said. The armies, I'm summarizing it. You can read it later, okay? <laughs> All those guys, they must have gotten to a fight because there were three armies that came together, Israel, Judah, and they brought Edom along too, the descendants of Esau, okay, who were not a good person to align yourself with either. So Jehoshaphat was in a bad situation here. He's got like two, two wrongs and not making it right. Um, and so they think, Oh, those kings got mad at each other because those guys were always fighting. 
Israel and Judah had wars. They were warring with Edom all the time. There's all kinds of battles going on between them. And so Moab is up on top on the mountain. They go look down. They must have really had it out last night because this whole valley is full of blood. Come on, let's go down and get all the good stuff. All the good stuff that's left. We're going we're gonna to get the plunder because they've killed each other. And so they don't even bring their weapons. It's kind of like they just, they're, they're not ready for battle. They, just, they go down as if the victory has already been won. And when they arrive at the camp, they realize, uh-oh, <laughs> that's water. <laughs> you know the reflection of things? You know, when you're in distance, you know, it looks different. And so uh, we don't know if they just saw that or if God made it look like blood to them. We don't know. But God basically won the victory for his people that day in this moment. Sometimes the provision for us personally is breakthrough for victory for someone or something else that's greater. Because it's never just about us. I know I say that all the time, but I'm going to keep saying it. Our relationship with God is not about us. It's about my neighbors. It's about my children. It's about my boss. It's about some other nation that God wants to send me to. It's about the people that Jesus still wants to bring in to his family. Sometimes we get so focused on just our life. And God says, yes, I'm going to meet your need. I'm going I'm to fill your valley with water. But I'm going to do so much more. Don't have such a small view of what I'm going to do. I mean, Jesus had to do this with the disciples all the time, right? The disciples are coming to Jesus. James and John are like, Jesus, you know, you're going to have a nice kingdom here. And they're thinking on earth, on earth. And so when you sit on the throne, I'm going to sit in your right. And we're and and my brother here is going to sit on your left. (laughs) And then it seems to be even one time it says that they sent their mom. (laughs) They sent their mom. I mean, they're grown men. (laughs) Hey, mama. (laughs) Hey, go talk to Jesus. (laughs) I want to get my seat reserved in the kingdom, okay? (laughs) There's going to be a nice seat. And she comes and she says, oh, Jesus, you know my boys, James and John? (laughs) They're really good boys. They've been following you for like, you know, eight months now. (laughs) Really committed really committed. They left the, the, the fishing thing. They left that all behind. You even filled it full of fish. They still left it behind. Totally committed to you. And I want you to have one of them sit on your right and your left. And it's like, Jesus is like, it's not about that. But if you can learn to serve, you'll be the greatest in my kingdom. If you learn to give away what I've given you, in other words, take what you've received. God is the one meeting the need and filling you with provision and filling up our valley and saying, no, now you release it to somewhere else, to someone else, to some other situation. It's not just for you to sit and enjoy and say, oh, God is so good. I get to just sit here and receive. No, it's so that you can be full, so that you have something to give to somebody else.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes our view is just so small. We're just, we're just trying to survive. And look, there's times, if you're in survival mode, there, we're not trying to make you feel guilty and say, suck it up, man, get better. No, we're, I'm not saying that, but, but just know that what God is working in your life is not for you just to survive. It's for your life to be replicated and, and touch somebody else's life for Jesus. That's what we need right now. We need we need to see the more happen. That we don't just need the the provision for us. We need we need the victory for someone around us. We need the breakthrough for them. We wanna we wanna lay down our lives for them. You know, later on, what happens to the disciples? Just as Dave was talking last week, it says they were clothed with power from on high when they were filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, those guys totally changed. They were totally transformed. And if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I invite you to experience that, that that it is a real experience. It is in the scriptures. You can read Acts chapter 2. I'm not trying to teach on it right now, but we will maybe teach on it here soon. Um, We haven't done that for a while. But once the disciples were baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed for them. It became not just about them. Uh, Every single one of those those apostles, they laid down their life for the gospel of Jesus. They laid down their life. They were so urgent about it. I'm almost done. They were so urgent about it. They, I think they, they actually thought, and it looks like from the, some of the writings, even the New, New Testament, they thought they had just their lifetime to reach the whole world. I think Paul thought that too. They're like, we got to get this out. We got to get all of Europe. We're gonna, we're gonna go to the whole known. Wo-. They reached the whole known world, their known world of their time, in their lifetime. Two thousand years later. Sometimes I feel like we we've gotten sucked into the subtle distraction of just building our own kingdom rather than being committed and laying down our lives for a king whose kingdom is in eternity. It's not for here. It, it breaks through here. It has the be- a lot of the blessings here and benefits, but it's not about here. It's about eternity. So, Lord, help us see that. So let me pray as we close. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to bring revelation in our lives. Help us hear your voice, God. Help us hear you. Help us know what you're saying. Help us want to know what you're saying, Lord. Clear our agendas, God, the agenda that we have for our walk with you, the agenda that we have for our other people in our lives, Lord, that we could just say, God, I just need to hear from you. And thank you for mercy. 
Thank you, God, that we're going to live in the confidence that you are a merciful God, that even when we find ourselves in the darkest valley by our own choice, that we can reach out to you, Lord, and you're going to say, I'm going to fill up that valley. I'm going to do more than you can ask or imagine or think. I'm going to go above and beyond because I'm good. And I'm not doing it just for you. I'm doing it for you, for the legacy of your family. I want to transform your family line so that your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren walk with me like you even never walk with me. They can have something better because you lay down your life for others. And so we thank you for the honor it is to follow you, Lord, and help us do it with a worthy life, God, a worthy life that's laid down for you. We thank you, Jesus. Show us anybody this week that we can bless. Show us those that, we, those that we can lay our lives down and serve them, God, that we can be the servant of all, that we can be one of the greatest in the kingdom by laying down our lives for others, by giving of our time, by doing whatever you call us to do for somebody else. Lord, that it's not just about us. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing revelation in our lives, Lord. Anybody here who's... Lord, just struggling with confusion, God, about the voice of God. We just declare clarity in their their lives right now. You will hear the voice of God. We just declare it over you. We break off any voice that would be a, a lying voice, that would be a deceiving voice, and we say, you hear God. And we thank you, God, that any of us who are your children will hear your voice. We are led by the Spirit of God, and we receive that promise and that truth into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't go anywhere yet. Leaders, if you want to come on up, our leaders are going to come up and line this front. If you need prayer, if you need healing in your body, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I invite you to do that. If you want to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you've never been empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit, then come ask one of these leaders, and they would love to pray with you before you go. Please don't go without getting prayer. If you need something, if you need to talk to one of these leaders, just as a reminder, just wait till we're done praying. Uh, This is going to be the altar time, not the fellowship time up here in the front. We just want to respect privacy. If someone's getting prayed for, don't stand right next to them. Uh, It might be personal. But before you go, let's let's all stand. If you need prayer, don't leave without receiving from God. If you need to go, God bless you, and we'll see you very soon.